Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 27 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm your host, Andy's Mom. Today is another special episode. This time I get to talk with Scott Bosher, who is director of the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys. He is a very special man in our lives. We first met Scott almost six years ago, so it was this coming June, six, it will be six years. At that time, Andy had received a scholarship from his elementary school music teacher. He had just finished the fourth grade, and he received a scholarship to go to a choir camp for the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys. And they said that we could go to their upcoming concert and be able to sit in the front row and watch these boys. So we went and listened to them sing this rich, beautiful choral music and see all of those boys stand up there so straight and still. And I thought, never in a million years will Andy be able to stand still that long to sing. So partway through the concert, when it got to an intermission, I turned to him and I said, do you think this is something you want to do? And honestly, I did not expect him to say yes. Even though I knew he loved music so much, I I really thought he would be intimidated by having to stand so still. And those boys just looked so well behaved that I just didn't know. And he immediately nodded. This was definitely something he wanted to be a part of. And so he started choir camp just a few weeks later. And he did choir camp all through the summer and joined that choir in the fall. And it became a huge part of his life. And he became one of those boys who was not squirrely in the concert and stood nice and straight. It's amazing to me how these boys act like that when they're in a concert and then before and afterwards are just as crazy and running around like any other boy in the church basement. So I loved seeing that. I loved seeing that transition and that change. After Andy died, Scott was really one of the first people that we called because the choir was so important to Andy, and I really wanted them to be involved um, with the funeral if he thought it would be at all possible. It was only then that I found out that he had lost his brother, that Scott had lost his brother when he was in his early 20s, and that he really understood grief, and he had watched his parents go through the loss of their son, and he had seen this firsthand. He really could appreciate everything that Peter was going through in ways that other people could not. So he was the perfect leader to be able to stand beside Peter. He was the perfect person to be able to lead this boys' choir to have to move on after losing such a huge part of them. It ended up being so special. And I really wanted Scott to be able to come on for three reasons. One, to talk about his brother Charlie and that loss and what that was like. Uh, Secondly, to talk about Andy, the loss of Andy and how he was able to really help the boys and maybe know a little more about what to do after Andy's death because of what he had experienced. The third reason that I had him come on is because I wanted him to talk about our upcoming Andrew Larson Memorial Concert, which is on uh, Wednesday, March 25th. I thought that we would be able to advertise to sell tickets, but amazingly enough, we have already sold out. So um, 
you can't buy tickets to that. Uh, those who are local can still come to the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys concert that will be that following weekend on the 27th and 28th, which will be their normal Lenten concert. During that concert, they still will have one special song that was written in Ma- Andy's memory and for Andy uh, that will feature Peter singing a solo part with another chorister. So that will still be very special. I also certainly hope that I will be able to post that concert online and attach it to the website. I also talk quite a bit about the music at Andy's funeral and how special that is and was. Uh, Eric had put Andy's funeral actually on YouTube because there were so many people that were unable to attend. So I think I will put a link to the webpage as well that you can link right to the funeral if you want to hear some of that choral music. I also want to tell people that you can still go to the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys website at grcmb.org and donate money either to the choir itself or to the Andrew Larson Memorial Fund uh, to be able to continue these concert series. You can still kind of donate either way and they do amazing work outside of the concert so I would certainly encourage you to donate that way. Speaking of donations, you can also donate now to Always Andy's Mom because we are now a 501c3 charitable organization. We are going to work on getting a donate button right to the website and to the Facebook page. Uh, So watch for that as well. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation that I had with Scott You can learn a lot more about Andy this way, a lot more about the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys, and about boys' choirs in general, and what they mean even today, and their tradition in the past. So, enjoy. So thank you so much, Scott, for agreeing to be on the show today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So, um, Scott, why don't you start out by just talking about your brother and your experience that you had with him? Yeah, I lost my brother, Charlie, uh, to a plane crash mm-hmm. uh, back in 1989. It was the um, flight that was coming from Denver to Chicago. And it was flight 232, United Airlines. And there was a malfunction in the rear engine, and it took out every single hydraulic line on the plane. And there was no way to steer it. Um, Since then, they have done all kinds of uh, trials and tests on how they could possibly land the plane. And no pilot has been able to land the plane. And Captain Al Haynes um, did a miraculous job, and although their, um, it, it, the, the one wing caught when they finally landed, um, the miraculous thing about his skill as a pilot um, was that of the 296 on board, um, 184 survived. Wow. Um, which was just, uh, under any scenario, it's just a, really a miracle. Um, 112 perished, and um, unfortunately for my family, uh, my brother Charlie um, who I grew up with, of course. Um, we shared a bedroom growing up, and mm-hmm. um, we're close. Um, I lost my brother on that flight. Because mm-hmm. how many brothers were there? Um, I have two brothers and two sisters. There's five mm-hmm. of us all together, and I'm the youngest of our family. Oh, wow. So. And Charlie was next in line to you? He was one up from me, my sister mm-hmm. Mary and then my brother Charlie. Yeah. Yep. So how did you find out about that? I was in Chicago at the time. I was doing my graduate studies in music, and I was working at a record store, and I... That particular night, we had to do physical inventory, which you have to do once a year. And the service comes in, and you count every single thing in the store. And uh, I lived right downtown, and our store was downtown. And I walked a couple blocks. It was about 3 in the morning when you do physical inventory. It goes very late. Uh, And I got back to my apartment and uh, about 3 in the morning and turned on the TV. And there was this crash of the airlines, and they've just showed it over and over and over again. Of course, at that point, I didn't know that my brother was on that plane. Right. And I just 
watched it and like most people in America did, just horrified by what they were seeing. And then the next morning when I woke up, of course it was playing again on all the morning shows, the phone rang and it was my father. And I knew something was wrong because my father never calls me. It's always my mother. Yes. <laughs> and to pick up the phone and to say good morning and to hear my dad's voice, immediately I knew something's not right because it would be mom calling. Mm -hmm. And he said, we think Charlie was on the plane. We're not sure. Uh, your older brother and sister are... Uh, on a plane right now. My brother worked for Steelcase. Okay. And Steelcase gave uh, them the private jet to fly out to Sioux City, Iowa to see if, in fact, Charlie was in the hospital. We didn't know there were people in the hospital. There were people that they hadn't recovered from the wreckage yet. So they went out um, to, to verify that. And he wasn't in the hospital. And, of course, they hadn't recovered um, all the bodies that perished in the plane probably for about a week. So mm -hmm. they came home. Um, we assumed, because we couldn't reach him, that he probably was on, on the plane. And in fact, he was. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge blow, to, certainly to your whole family. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the hard thing for us, too, is that, and this was, you know, even though it was hard for all of us, the choir, and, and for me, and my wife, Jane, and I, um, to confront Andy's body at the at the service and at yeah. the funeral, there is a certain amount of closure that you get, a reality that's, that seeps in and as, as, you, as you are there. And we were not allowed to, to view Charlie's body. And so we, were, we weren't allowed to see him because he was burned so badly. And so there was, there was this sense that, well, is he really there? Is he yeah, not there? Has, yeah. he just, has he just disappeared and mm -hmm. gone somewhere? About a week later, um, my sister Mary and my brother Charlie were also very close. And this was back in the 80s, and my brother pierced his one ear and got an earring. And when he bought a little diamond stud, of course, you have to buy them in twos. So he said, I don't need one for the other ear, so he gave it to my sister Mary. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of their thing. They each wore one of the studs. And about a week later, the um, funeral home sent us the diamond stud. So oh, wow. for Mary, that was closure that, indeed, we mm -hmm. do have Charlie, and we have laid him to rest, and he really was back with us which was very very important for her and for us too oh I'm sure I mean I think about even when Andy died and obviously I saw Andy there yeah. I saw them working on him but still a part of you just doesn't quite believe it and you think maybe it really yep. is not really happening yep. you know and so for you I would imagine that would be so much bigger than that because you know for a while you didn't have anyone even tell you that there was a body right 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 because they didn't right. find it right exactly. away probably and then to have that just continue that time continue to go yeah. on it would just make that part last even longer than it would be f for the average right. person right and i saw that grief on my parents too mm -hmm. you know of course charlie was 39 um, when he died you know where andy was 14 we tend to think that the younger we lose them, the harder it is. And I think there's some truth to that. But it's hard for a parent to lose a, a child yeah, at any age. It is. And to see my mother stoically grieving was hard. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad too. I know Eric spoke of a woman that he saw who was in her 90s who lost her son in his 70s. Wow. And she was weeping. Yeah. Because it's just not the way it's supposed exactly. to be, no matter what the age. Yep. And it's, it's hard. I know... 39 he did have a lot more years to live that he lived than Andy did but he still had a lot of years ahead of him right. as well exactly and things milestones that still didn't happen yep. right so and all those things when you gather at Christmas and the empty space at the table and that continues on I mean even to this day when we get together with all of the kids mm -hmm. and my mother had a 94th birthday and so we all got together all the all the kids and of course you still think Charlie should be here too and yeah. he's not there so yeah did Charlie have other family, too? He was divorced from his wife, mm -hmm. um, but he had a son, Justin, who he was very actively involved with. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that's, I guess, something that you see uh, Charlie and Justin, I'm yeah. sure, yeah. still to this yep. day. So yep. that can be a good thing, but obviously a hard thing for Justin exactly. to have to have gone through as well. Yep. So kind of transitioning a little bit, when Andy died, I... Honestly, there's so much that's fogging to me. I don't even remember if I called you that night or the next morning. So anyway, you may have to help my memory a little bit only sure. because things are so, so foggy. Yeah. I was out. We, Jane and I usually get up early, pretty early. And um, we have a golden retriever, Murphy. And I was out in the backyard with him about 
six, six fifteen, I guess, as we usually are. And he was running around the yard, and Jane came out on the deck and said, um, "You need to call Marcy." She said, "I just got a text. Something is must be really wrong, because to get a text from you saying call me immediately at six something in the morning." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, like I honestly, I have no idea. I that yeah. I mean, I hadn't slept at all. Yeah, obviously. I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So you, scenarios start flashing through your mind. You thought, well, we had choir camp yesterday. Was there an altercation between him and one of the other boys that I wasn't aware of? Did right. something happen? And oh my goodness, you know. But never in my wildest imagination. I mean, the brain doesn't even go there. No. Um, so that when I called you and we, you said that we have, we've lost Andy, it was like, say again. <laughs> it's just, you know, the mind doesn't process that. Yeah. And know? I'm pretty sure you did say that because pretty much everyone <laughs> said yeah. that yep. to me because it was just hard for anyone to comprehend yep. that that is what had happened. But I know I wanted to talk to you early on. One, because, you know, just a couple of months before that, you had had an older member of the choir right. pass away. Right. And the boys and the entire choir sang right. at his funeral. Right. So, you know, the last time, actually, I think the last time they had probably sung as a group was at that funeral, wasn't it? It's, I a, mean, it's a unique thing, the choir. And if people aren't familiar with um, the English tradition of the King's College or Westminster Abbey, the men and boys choirs, you have... Adults working alongside of anywhere from 8 to 14-year-olds who are working as equals side by side. They each have uh, the difficult task of reading this extremely challenging music. And sometimes the boys do it better than the men. Um, (laughs) And uh, it's just, I can't think of another activity in life. If you were to do sports or anything else, of course, the adults are going to be stronger and better. But in this particular situation, for singing this music in this repertoire and this style, they're equal. And I think the boys know that they share equal status with the men. So when we lost uh, Chuck Woodavine, um was kind of like a grandpa in the choir. Chuck was 83, I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's really fun to, to watch these kids on a, on, a, on a basis. We have rehearsal tonight and to see 83-year-olds and 40-year-olds alongside of 8-year-olds, um, you know, <laughs> all just working hard for two hours to, to sing God's praise. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. So that probably was the last time they were all together. And then... Mm-hmm. And- I wouldn't have, I think, thought to call you about that. I mean, I would have called you soon anyway, yeah. just because this was such a huge part of Andy's life. What he was most proud of, really, yeah. in his life. And the day before, you were with us on, you know, on the back porch. And I remember Andy, I do. I... Andy had said to me, um, I have a favor to ask. And usually when the boys start high school, they leave. But Andy's voice hadn't changed yet. And he's such a consummate musician that he said to me, is there any chance that I could continue on? Of course, I'm doing cartwheels, thinking, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but he said, I would like to be able to not sing the fall program because I just made the soccer team at school. Yep. And he said, if I could play soccer for the fall, and then when that season finishes, if I could jump back in um, for lessons and carols for Christmas and then sing the rest of the year. Right. And I remember shaking hands with him on the back porch and saying, this would be fantastic. I am so glad you're going to stay on with us. Right. And I remember him being a little bit nervous about that conversation yeah. because I don't know that you've, you've had, I remember one other boy stayed on through the fall winter of his freshman year of high school. Someone that my daughter went to school with forever, so we knew them pretty well, but never had someone kind of left and then come back. Right. Because his plan had been to stay all the way through, but when we were talking about his schedule, I mean, these soccer practices every day, and I was just like, bud, I just don't see how this is going to work for the fall program. So that's what we had settled on is the October one we just wouldn't do, but by the Christmas one he really wanted to be and soccer season would be over and then we would just, and then the plan was to just see after that, Yeah. right? Yeah. To just see how it went after that. And I think part of the excitement too, of course, we know that he loved this choir so much, but his last, what would have been his last season if he had, if he had stopped, like most of the boys do when high school starts, was a really exciting one. We recorded a beautiful Lenten CD, which he had a solo on. Um, we had guest conductors coming from England. And I think just because that was such an exciting final year, his last year of junior high, middle school, yeah. um, that I think wanting to continue on into high school was just kind of the momentum that was just building. Well, in that last 
concert too. You went to Chicago, yeah, yeah. which they had not traveled yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when he was there, they had not really yeah. gone on a big trip like that. So that was yeah. a really big deal. I actually, what's funny is the night before he sang in, you know, just our normal concert mm-hmm. and he broke down and yeah. was crying in the middle because he was so yeah. upset that it could be the last one. Yep. Yeah. In fact, we let me share a bit about that. Our guest conductor that's coming in for this next concert is Richard Webster from Trinity Church Boston, and Richard was directing that concert. And Andy kind of slipped into the side chapel while we were doing the offertory. Yeah, because he kept he yeah. just kept crying. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Richard thought, "What's going on? I better find out," because Richard didn't know what he was upset about. And um, he explained that he thought that this could be the end of his singing with the yeah. choir, and he just was overcome by that. Because I slipped out too, and and Richard was talking with Andy, gave him his handkerchief. I don't know Did if you it, know yeah, that. Yeah. Andy still had, well, I shouldn't say still has, yeah. but it's still in his bedroom, yeah. Richard's handkerchief yeah. that he handed him that day. And what's really funny is, is Andy started crying because he was upset. Peter, of course, was standing next to him because they always stood next to each other for yeah. every single concert. And rehearsal. And, and, <laughs> and, I'll, and I look over, and not only was Andy crying, but now Peter was starting to cry. And I yeah. thought, this is a disaster. This is potentially my last time seeing my two boys together. Yeah. So I think I was emotional, which was not helping the situation. And now Andy's sobbing. Peter's crying. Like, this is just... Yeah. But then Andy did come back yep. and sang after, and they were okay. Actually, Peter, I think, was more emotional after he came back than Andy was, but came back and sang. So, you know, that's the last time I got to see him sing, because yeah. I didn't see them sing in Chicago, of course, because I wanted them to have that for the two of them, mm-hmm. because it was such a special trip, and I thought it would be a really cool thing for two brothers to do together yeah. without their parents, even though I loved watching them. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, this could be the last one. I don't know. But I thought, I have to let them have this. And then, of course, at Chuck's funeral, it it's not like the parents went yeah. to because we didn't know him and we didn't want to like intrude on the family. So that was just the boys singing. But, but anyway, that was, I am glad that you did that because it gave me permission to then at least ask. And I remember asking, I don't know if you want the boys to sing because I didn't know if that would be okay yeah. to have those boys sing it. Andy's funeral when they knew Andy and loved Andy and had spent so much time with Andy or whether just the men could sing or what you thought was best you know I just remember kind of leaving that up to you I think it was a big part of the healing for the choir to be able to have to to do that and I know some of the boys really really struggled with it Um, one of the boys had to just sit down in the front row and not sing but wanted to be there and that's that's okay I mean that's that's the point that he was at but but the other boys all were able to actually sing, and I think that was part of a uh, healing process for them, too. Yeah. I think about um, one particular boy, Charlie, <laughs> interestingly yeah. enough, who was really good friends with Andy and Peter. He's one year, he's the year right between them. So Andy started out singing more. I, well, I think Andy or Peter and Charlie started actually yeah. at the same time, even though Charlie was a year ahead of him. So they were the three just together. We carpooled together. They did it all together. And I know it was very hard for Charlie to sing, but I'm so glad he did because Peter couldn't have done it without Charlie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Peter stood right behind Charlie and really used Charlie's strength yeah. to be able to even sing at his brother's funeral. And that and that's amazing. You think of the age that Peter was when he did that. Um, I sang for my brother's funeral and I couldn't do it alone either. So one of the one of the sopranos that I was a, a voice major with at Calvin College, you know, decades earlier, um, she was still in Grand Rapids and I called her and I said, Barb, can you sing with me? If I stop, you can keep the song going. And if I can keep it going, then I would love to have you just duetting with me as we went and I, as long as I didn't look at my family, I was okay. I kind of looked to the side uh, and kept going. But just to have that strength of a friend singing by your side is hugely important, as it was for Peter with have Charlie there. Yeah, just to have that support and have yep. someone standing beside you. That's why I talk a lot about the podcast on people that are 
friends of those who lost their children just showing up yeah. you know just showing up and just being there that presence can be such a strength because you feel so weak and i think sometimes as adults we overthink things and we either don't know what to say and say nothing or we say something that feels awkward but there's an honesty with kids that i think mm-hmm. sometimes i think one of the real standout memories from the last year for me was when the choir regrouped then to start again at the very first rehearsal, we were about 15 minutes into rehearsal, and one of the other boys, Daniel, who was starting high school. Yes. And walked, he was going to be done. Yeah, I mean, he, Daniel he was, was going he to was be finished. done. Andy was the only one that was yep. going to come back, because Andy actually was a little bit, in the summer, almost embarrassed, yep. because all of his buddies were done done, because yep. they couldn't really sing it anymore, and he's the only one that could. Yeah. So it was a little hard on him. He desperately wanted to do it but he also wanted to be one of the kids that was too big to do it yeah, right right yeah mm-hmm. but daniel was one of his very he, very close he was friends. and daniel um at the uh, visitation i remember was just he arrived about the same time that my wife and i did and was just sobbing and i felt so bad for daniel and and that being said too you know we didn't i didn't know the code to get into andy's phone right away and it Peter was a little foggy and he couldn't remember it for a few days. But once he did, then we opened up his phone and one of the very first things on there was a message from Daniel. Um, And it was after he knew Andy was gone. He just wrote, you know, basically that he was, you were my best friend in choir and how much he meant to him. I mean, it was beautifully written. It was so beautiful. I'm sure I, I'm sure I showed it to you. Um, so anyway, you can go on to what Daniel yeah. did. So we're about maybe 15 minutes into our first rehearsal back of the season, no longer having um, Andy with us, and in walks Daniel. And I remember turning to him from all the other boys, and the men were there too. It was a Tuesday night. And I said, Daniel, what are you doing here? And he said, Andy would want me to be here. This is where I belong. He said, um, I, need to, I need to lead. And he stayed the whole year. He yeah, was there he just, he rearranged all of his sports and other stuff that he was doing so that he was there. And he said, Andy was going to be here leading this choir. And since Andy can't, I owe it to Andy to do this. It's amazing for another 14-year-old to have that oh. that presence of responsibility. It was beautiful. And, yeah. and I hugged Daniel many times, yeah. <laughs> many yeah. times last year because I, I mean, every time I looked at him, I knew he was there instead of Andy. and. Yeah. And that he felt he needed to be there instead of Andy. So, anyway, it was pretty amazing of him to do that. And it was hard, certainly, for Peter to keep going and showing up every day. Absolutely. Yeah, but he wanted to, too, because we wondered from the beginning, right? I mean, this was something Andy loved. Andy always loved music from little 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 it just meant something to him he felt music he felt it in ways that most kids do not it just the emotion of music everything we have very few boys that when they come to do the summer camp start as performing choristers then that fall i mean most of them have to go through an entire year of probation first of getting (laughs) their music theory down and taking private voice lessons and i remember andy was one of the few that i said to you i think he could just simply start performing already this fall if he'd like to get going and he did yeah i mean he loved it and i remember saying to peter as we were sitting just outside a rehearsal one day kind of towards the end of Andy's first year there, I said, do you think you'd want to do this someday? And I fully expected him to say no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because it it just, music wasn't the same to Peter. It's not like he didn't have a very nice voice. He does mm-hmm. have a yeah. very nice voice. But it just wasn't emotionally the same as it was for Andy. And he said, oh, yeah, he yeah. wanted to. And But when it comes down to it, he kind of wanted to do everything his brother did. Yeah. Right? Because his brother... And I think music, as he continues on, will always be kind of a connection. Yes. Yes. And I think that's why he really felt like, you know, he wanted to continue because it was, do you want to keep doing music? Because you don't have to. Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep going back and going back to choir. And he really wanted to, I think because it's a place he still feels close to, Andy. Yep. And I know when we 
we tend to do pieces. Um, we try to keep some of the repertoire that we've done in the past, bringing that back. The boys like to do that. But then we, of course, are always learning new music that we've never done before. But you can kind of tell the boys, and probably special for Peter, if we bring a piece back that we did, that he and Andy did together, that's got to be a special musical you know, yeah. connection. Well, and I can tell you for me, it's just, I mean, the music is so emotional, yeah. right, in general. And, and honestly, Andy probably got that a little bit from me. But when I hear pieces that Andy sang, I can hear him. Yeah. I will sit in the concert and I can close my eyes and see him and hear him. And if it's a new piece, I I won't. I mean, it's it's amazing to me how that memory just comes back and I just see him. Yeah. And I I don't feel I mean, I feel closer to Andy during those concerts than I do any other time. Because that's when I hear his voice. I see that expression he always used to have. I mean, you could see he felt yeah. it yeah. when you watched him sing. You always put him front and center. <laughs> you always did. Yeah. And part of the reason, I think, was you could see him feel it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the boys honestly don't have as much expression yeah. when they sing. And I I mean, I can't tell you the number of cards that I got in the mail saying yours was the son I looked at yeah he's the one I watched I love to watch his face when he sang because of just you just could tell and one of the blessings we have too is that the college where we rehearse always came in and they filmed a dvd of one performance of each concert we learned so four times a year they would come in with their cameras and record it and film it and so we have probably 16 DVD concerts of Andy Front and Center singing that we have that you'll always have to turn back to and look at and and, and be see blessed that by expression. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which was a beautiful thing. Because I'm sure so. many, you know, we've lost. We When I'm missing Charlie, I pull out pictures. You know, I don't have videos of him singing, but you bring out pictures and, and you reconnect. And, yeah. And then somehow he's, you know, I think Charlie was 39 when he died. And I'm now 62, so I'm almost <laughs> almost twice what he was, but he's still my big brother. Right. I, I look at the pictures, and I see him as older than me, when I'm now twice the age he was when he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it just captures them in that moment and in that time. And that's where it kind of... And it brings you back yeah, to that moment. It certainly that does. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember talking to your wife, Jane, about how your perspective... Uh, about death changes so Mm -hmm. much after you have someone so close that you lose because she said when she first kind of started dating and marrying you she was almost bothered by (laughs) how kind of okay you would be if you were to to die and and they were like that is not normal you should not be feeling that way but it does change you it does yeah yeah you just feel like well if i die I get to be, you know, I get to be with Andy. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I think I, I, I've, because of my Christian faith, our shared Christian faith, um, we know that it's not the end. Right. And I think that's what really, for me, gets me through absolutely everything. The loss of my brother, the loss of my father. You know, the fact that this is not the end. We are going to be together again. Although it doesn't make it any easier at the moment. So. No, no, it doesn't. And yeah, for people who haven't really experienced that, I think it's easy to maybe say, well, you know, they're in heaven. It's, it's okay. And, you know, for me, like, oh, it's been a year and a half. Aren't you kind of better? Yeah, um, no. it's, it, it's not really at all. And no. it doesn't hurt any less <laughs> for no. me than right. it does for anybody else. It's just that I do have an element of hope that I think I would not have otherwise. Oh, Absolutely. And um, another little thing about surviving and the fact that we're still here and we have to go on, even though it's not not easy. One of the things that happened with my brother's crash is that, and I'll, I'll flash forward a minute, my, my youngest son, Christopher, um, loved lacrosse, plays lacrosse, and was actually the captain of the Hope College lacrosse team. And um, But for a couple of years, he played for Grand Valley. And his coach out there, Coach Tim, who's the head coach of the Grand Valley team, 
the team did real well for the few years that Chris was there, and they would travel a lot. And Tim would never get on the plane. He would always drive the car. They had events where they had to go to California, and um, Tim would drive two days in advance to California, and then the team would fly out. And Chris said to him, you know, what's the deal? Why won't you fly? And Tim said, well, I was, when I was about 10, I was in a, that crashed in Sioux City, Iowa, same flight that my, my um, brother Charlie was on. Really? And he and his brother and his parents, all four of them survived. But he said, after that experience, I, I absolutely cannot go on an airplane. Go on an airplane. He was like around 10 at the time. And I look at the incredible impact that the two years that Chris had Tim as a coach, and I think, you know, people would say to me, well, your brother didn't survive and others did, and how do you feel about all of that? And then I look at the fact that, yeah, I, I did lose my brother. I wish he had survived. But here is a boy that did survive the crash who grew up and went on to have an amazing impact in the life of my youngest son. Right. And I think we all have things that lie ahead of us that we have to do. And and yeah. um, and, and, I, and I just think that, that that also keeps us going because we've got things we need to do. Right. A purpose. Yep. Right. Yep. And getting... And having a little bit of purpose after such tragedy is so important. Yeah. And I felt the boys maybe in the choir were looking at me after the very first rehearsal back after we lost Andy. Then there's 32 boys. You walk into the room and yeah, Andy's not there. And we're all thinking that. And they're all staring at me like, now what do we do? Right. And we're going to sing. Right. Right. Because that's what Andy would want us to do. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what a comfort it was to me when... Because everything is spinning and you don't know what to do, right? And I'm having to go to a funeral home and pick out a casket for my little boy and plan a service, a church service, which I kind of handed to you, honestly. I really did. I handed the music stuff to you. Eric and I did. Peter played a role in it, too. Yes, yes. I was going to talk about that. So when I called you that morning and asking you if you thought the men would sing or if you thought anybody would want to sing, if you would sing, if somebody would sing, because I just was knowing that I had to have music be a really big part of this funeral, right? And I mean, I've talked to a lot of other parents now, and especially if they've lost teens, they're like, they have this big... um, like celebration of life at a football field or at somewhere else. And that's not Andy. That was not Andy. Andy was not, we're going to go to the soccer field and have a celebration of life. We needed a service with really beautiful music because that's what he loved. And he loved singing that rich choral music. I mean, when he would have to sing in the kids choir at church, he actually hated it. He hated it because they sang like songs about, you know, bumblebees or something. It was, it was not, and half the kids were shout singing. And, and I remember one day him saying to me uh, afterwards, cause he hated going and I would force him to go sometimes because I felt so bad because they, <laughs> they needed them. <laughs> yeah. They needed my kids so badly. And, um, Andy one day said, Poor Mrs. Beiser. She, <laughs> she tries so hard because she just couldn't yeah. get them to sing. And so when it came time for to plan that for Andy, it had to be right. And it had to have beautiful music. So to be able to just turn that over to you and know that it would happen was really amazing. And like you said, Peter had something to do with that because we were still in the hospital. I had, um, I think I had talked to you already a little bit and he said to me, I just keep thinking about one thing, mom. I keep thinking about this song that we've been singing this summer at summer camp. Grinfell from today. Yes. And that's what's getting me through. And so I, I said, well, do you think you should sing that at Andy's funeral? And he, he said yes, yeah. because it's interesting that this is hours after his brother died. He's still in a hospital bed from a concussion, and that's what was bringing him comfort was that song. And the, re- the way he turned to music, which inherently is not Peter, but is Andy, 
I mean, that's why I think he turned to music in particular, because it was Andy who died. And you had also made a special point of talking about that song and when that song was written and what that was about. Right. And you should go into that here a little bit. Well, Philip Stafford wrote a piece called Grenfell from Today, and there was a high-rise um, complex in London um, that there was a tragic fire, and many families were lost, all ages, from grandparents to parents to kids. Just a few years ago. Yeah, actually. just right. Yeah, like three years ago yep. or something. And so Philip Stafford wrote this piece, Grenfell from Today, about the pain and tragedy of loss of loved ones and how we deal with it. And so we actually um, we brought the video screen down and we showed a little bit of the, the story that the BBC had run on that. We had an interview with that they had filmed with Philip Stafford talking about the song and about about how he wrote it to comfort those who have lost. And the chorus just talks about a right. new day. Exactly. So kind of um, having to start that new day. And it was even. a piece that wouldn't normally quite fit into the repertoire of a concert. You know, I'm always trying to craft little poems and things to stitch together a program that has a unity or a theme. Right, and this and one I, didn't fit, and really. I thought, <laughs> it's such a beautiful song with such a deep message. I have no idea how we're going to use this, but... It's summer. It's summer camp. Let's just sing this song. I, I guess a bit of my my Calvinist upbringing. I think everything happens for a purpose. There was a reason we learned that song. Oh, so there is no doubt yeah. there was because, and and what's funny is that you sang that then at his funeral, and then the next time I heard it was um, you just rehearsing because it it will be on the on upcoming the CD. CD. Yep. So that I didn't hear it at all, you know, in between. So it was pretty special for me to hear that. And then you'll have that with Peter singing on it on the CD. Yeah, um, forever. Know, one of the things about boys' voices changing is you have to capture that moment because it's <laughs> just like a little treasure and you've, you've got to get it because the window to do it is short. And I think that as time goes on too, and one day, you know, Peter will share it with his kids and it'll be special. Yeah. And in addition to that, the other music that we had then were the aforementioned Mrs. Beiser, who was, uh, you know, who has a beautiful voice and sang in our church and first got Andy to sing way back when he was, you know, like probably four or five years old is when he started singing with our church before he thought it was not good enough <laughs> after he got spoiled. But and that was his first solo was actually at church in the church musical so mrs Beiser sang and then then the other person that sang was his music teacher yeah Yeah. through elementary school and i would have never even thought to ask her but you did and it was she was amazing and it was beautiful and and truly you know she's the one that recommended Andy go to the choir. She's the one that presented him with a scholarship like on the last day of school telling us that she thought he would be a great addition to the choir. She's been a strong part of our community and a a longtime supporter of the mission and ministry of the music. So, Yeah, so anyway, it, it ended up all that music was just perfect. And then just going on from that a little bit, when after Andy died... You know, people want to give him memorial money. Mm-hmm. And we immediately just said, we need that to go to the choir. I mean, that, that there was no other place for that to go. We didn't want it for us. There's That's where it needed to go. And, and in my mind, it was just going to go into the Grand Rapids Choir and Bo- Men and Boys General Fund. And that was just the way it was going to be. But then that's not what you wanted. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit, running a nonprofit is always hard these days, especially the arts and children's choirs. And the uh, it's we're in a little bit like the fishes and the loaves. Uh, I've been the director since 2001, and somehow at the end of the year, everything that we dream and imagine that we want to do to serve the boys, to serve the community with our music, it always seems to kind of work out. And then when you and uh, Eric said we like the, the, the gifts, the donations to go to the choir, we thought, well, you know what? God has been faithful to us with our fishes and the loaves. We're, we're making it normally at the end of the year. So this is something that's special that's coming in, and we need to treat it specially. So we set up a, a separate fund, put it in a separate account, and we want to do Andy projects with that. One of the, one of the things that I think is really fun for our musicians is to be able to work with great artists. You know, yeah. 
And so our plan is to have wonderful soloists. I mean, I'm dreaming of, could we one day have like a Renee Fleming or a Bryn Terfel, wonderful soloist coming in. One of my favorite poets um, from Cambridge University um, is Malcolm Geit, who looks a little bit like um, Gandalf from uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Um, and we use a lot of his poetry. Um, and to ask him to come over, and would he, would he be the narrator? Would he narrate the evening? All different types of possibilities of just creative things that would be really wonderful for our boys to have interaction with. Uh, and then as a gift to our community, but to always to do this in, in Andy's memory and to take the funds um, that were donated to start the Andy Larson um, Biennial. Every other year we'll do it. Uh, memorial concerts. And then, of course, it's also helping us to record the CD that we're doing in Andy's memory, too. Mm -hmm. So it's all for Andy projects. Yeah. Well, and this one is so neat this first one you know there was talk that maybe they could come right. but we didn't know for sure because obviously you need funds to get a big choir like st john's to come from england to be able to come and sing but you know you had talked of it and when we got the schedule i remember very specifically we got the schedule we were sitting at culver's restaurant where my foster son works and now my daughter works. We're sitting there at the restaurant. I'm sitting across from Andy and Peter. And I'm reading this email from you that's going through the potential schedule for the year 2018-2019 uh, year. And you wrote, you know, the guests that, that were going to have come. And then you wrote at the very bottom, possibly 2019-2020, that... Andrew, the conductor, mm -hmm. would bring his whole choir from St. John's. And Andy immediately looked at Peter and said, lucky, <laughs> because he knew he would be too old by then, yeah, right? Because yep. he would be a sophomore and there was zero chance yeah. he was going to be able to sing in that. But Peter could. And it, and I, you wrote it down as a, you know, maybe, because obviously it was going to take some effort exactly, to try to get the funds ahead of time. Because, you know, you can sell tickets, yeah. right? And we're going to sell tickets that right. will end up covering it. But you you can't wait. I mean, you can't no. now pay them afterwards. You have to pay them And you're wondering, will the tickets sell? Does, and will does, the tickets sell? Does everyone in the community know how incredible this choir is? And you just don't know. Right, so. you don't know. So to have Andy be able to really have made that a reality is so huge because Andy loved that choir. Yeah. I mean, he loved listening to St. John's. He And he got to work with Andrew on a couple yes, occasions. Yes, yes, so, and he did. He worked choir. with the director twice and he was blown away by them and I mean, I can think how excited but totally jealous he would be if he were still here and this concert was happening and was coming up because he would be jealous of his brother because <laughs> he's still singing. And we've it. commissioned a new anthem that we're going to sing as part of this concert. So as we, as our choir welcomes St. John's onto the platform, um, we're going to sing a piece that Richard Webster has composed for us, which is a setting of Andy's favorite verse, Be Still and Know That I Am God. Well, and that's especially special. <clears throat> I listen to it and you know in the middle of the song it says it, it sings that verse be still now that i'm god but to the tune of away in the manger yeah, which I'll... which is if you listen to the very end of every single one of my podcasts it is andy singing that last verse yeah. of away in the manger so it it will be that exact song just to the words be still and knowing that i'm god which is even more special yeah. and the composer that wrote it is the one that went into the chapel when andy was crying the, <laughs> the one that the one that gave yeah. him that handkerchief so, so it, this was a very very special thing for for um, richard too he wrote me after he submitted the score to us and saying you don't you, you can't possibly know how much it meant to me he said um god came alongside me when i wrote this and i believe that so, it's it's a beautiful piece yeah. And then on the CD, we certainly hope and pray that Peter will be singing that right. part. Exactly. We are not going to put all that pressure on him no, to sing that part <laughs> in front of 800 people. I think we're going to have somebody do it with them. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that he wanted to do it originally, but I think then starting to think of 
800 people. And and I'm thinking about the fact that Eric and I are, are planning to speak right before that. I thought, I do not feel like yeah. he's going to be in an emotional place to be able to do that. But it's nice that he wants to do it with someone still. Right. exactly. Um, he just can be helped along. It's right. It reminds me a little bit of you singing for Charlie's funeral. Yeah. Right? Is that you want to do it, and Peter wants to do it, but he needs someone he there did. standing with him, and if he falters, yep. to carry the rest of the I way it's through. A, it's a metaphor for life, really. Right. We're not in this alone. No, you know? we're not. So. And so for him to have someone standing next to him and doing it with him, right. then you still have the kind of specialness of knowing that you did it for your brother, yep. but also knowing that you don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah. And then the, 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 the boy that we've asked to, to sing with Peter did not know Andy because he came the year after but the parents his parents know the story and his mom came up to me last week and she said what an honor and a privilege that you've asked our son to do this so well and I I honestly have enjoyed watching him sing because he sings with a lot of emotion and expression just like Andy did exactly anyway it's funny because I planned this podcast so that we could talk about ticket sales and i have to say we're sold out we sold out before the even <laughs> a month before the concert we're sold out i know what what is especially what is really special to me is that um it sold out this past sunday which was my mom's birthday my mom was the singer in our family okay. so i she, she would always sing in church and in the choir and sing solos and no one else in the families would sing. And then I sang and now Andy sings. And I thought of how the two of them in heaven must have been singing together yeah. in celebration on yeah. her birthday for that concert being sold out. So exactly. that's pretty special. So we can't tell people to go buy tickets. No, uh, <laughs> but we were granted permission to Film the concert. Right. So Granite Pits Community College TV, GRCC TV, is coming to film. And um, we were allowed to keep it for ourselves and for yes, your family for, for sure. Family. Um, but they, um, the, the tour manager said, if Andrew feels that the night went well um, and he approves it, uh, then you're welcome to post it online. So for those that... We'll let everyone know. You'll let everyone know through right. your podcast. And um, I'll put it on the website. Put the link and then um, uh -huh. you can, it'll be there forever to watch. So yeah, so that'll be a beautiful thing. Um, the other thing is, is we, as the Grand Rapids Square Men and Boys, have concerts. Right. Like that next weekend. Exactly. So Friday, Saturday, the Lenten concerts. Right. And so if back, you and can. And back with Richard Webster again. And with Richard Webster. Okay. Is that song that's being sung, is that it's, being yes. sung again? It yep, is, it right? Is. Yep. So um, if you can't go hear the St. John's Choir and you live in the Grand Rapids community, still come down. Yeah. And this is just a free will offering concert. Exactly. So you don't need tickets. You, don't need tickets you, just, you just can come. And... I know it's been, you get a little nervous when you have a big concert like this two days before our right. concert is, will that hurt attendance for our normal Lenten concert? And we certainly hope that it will not. Right. And I do want to emphasize to still come and especially come if you can't come to the first one. Exactly. So, yep. and then um, I guess the final thing too is this CD so to just talk a little bit about that sure, and what that's going to entail, because that is really special. Yeah. It's, we looked at the selections of pieces that we could do, and this was, in, of course, in Andy's uh, honor and memory, and, but we didn't want the CD to be just sad music. Right. We wanted that's not Andy, <laughs> no, honestly. No. no. So we found some pieces that um, you know, Andy um, liked and then new pieces that he would not have known, but they're pieces that capture the spirit of... Of Andy, and I think that the and the commission, yeah, and and the commission work. We have an, a second commission which I haven't received yet. That's coming from Belfast, from Northern Ireland, and that's from Matthew Owens, um, mm -hmm. who will be coming with us in coming back to conduct us in May, um, and he's bringing that anthem, which will premiere at that time. That will also be on the CD. We've had two three-hour sessions already, so six hours working on it, and we're going to do one more session just after Matthew Owens leaves. Then we'll go back into the Basilica one more time, and then hopefully um, with these nine hours of uh, recordings, we can put together the CD and have it ready maybe by the end of summer, certainly by the start of fall. Well, and 
it's very special to me that Matthew Owens wanted to do this yes. because he didn't know Andy. But he came this last year. And brought his two sons with him. And brought his sons with him. And I certainly had conversation with him, conversations with his wife. They were very moved by what the choir had done in last year after Andy died. You know, every single concert you sang towards the end of the concert, a a piece in my father's house that was just dedicated to Andy. I mean, the first few times... Peter had to sit down. Yeah. He couldn't even sing it. And that, of course, will be on the CD, too. And that will be on yeah. the CD as well. But he directed that them right. in that piece right. because everyone did last year because they sang it every time. So I, he was very moved. The whole family was really yeah. as to what, what this meant to the choir, what this means to just boys' choirs in general, right? Yep. There there aren't that many of them. There are not. Anymore. There's about 12 left in England that sing in this pure tradition, and there's probably about five or six in the United States. So. Yeah. So there really aren't that many. And so, I mean, Andy dying was obviously a huge thing for our choir, but in general, for the other boys' choirs, I think those conductors felt that too. Yep. I mean, you sent me emails that were from from England right. saying, "I'm so sorry yep, for I'm the loss of Martin your." Mary from Westminster Abbey, and yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, they're they just came. Several of them came because they know what this is like. Right. They know what these choirs are like, and and what kind of huge loss that is to lose any one of the boys let alone one of the boys who really had turned into a leader which was this is the only sphere of andy's life that he felt like he was a leader really other ones he didn't he was the littlest kid in his class always so he always he didn't really feel like he had that confidence right he was a member of the soccer team but he was never the star he was always the one that came in off the bench I mean, this was the one place where he could be a star. Yeah, and he was. So anyway, I think it was, it's very special just in general. And I know that, that, I mean, one goal of this concert is to let those boys know that this concert is special. Yeah. And I think, I hope that, they see by the way that we have missed Andy and the and what we're doing that they know how important each one of them is to Yes. Because yes. there's a there's a broader story here. As the boys look at this, yes, we lost Andy. But I hope that they're also thinking when they get home and laying down to fall asleep at night, I wonder if I'm this important to the organization as well. And yes. then I hope they think, you know what, I am. Yes. I'm, I'm you know, I'm really valued. I belong here. And I hope all of our boys feel that they in some way are is, is they're another Andy too. Right. You know, and I have a lot of parents that I have met through different support groups that are coming to this concert because it, it's not just, I mean, I, I had my friend Judy picked me up from the Basilica when we were all meeting, going over logistics. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I just needed them to know that this concert is not just about the St. John's choir. It's about Andy. And she said, no, it's about all of our children. Yeah, it is. Yep, it's and so it's about true. her daughter, even though she died at thirty-six years old. Yep. It's, it's about all of our children. Yep, and I hope that our children, by experiencing this, realize how important they are. Yes, there's that, nothing more important than than knowing that you're valued. Yes, and loved. And Andy was valued, and all yep. those these people that have died are valued, and each and every one of the members of that choir are valued. Yep. Just like you said at the very beginning, every man or boy. They all have an equal role, yep. right? And yep. they're all the same and they're all equally important. And they did the same thing. They sang when that man in his 80s, Chuck, yep. died. Yep. And when 14-year-old Andy died, they did the same thing, yep. right? Because they were both equally important and equally special to that group. Yep. And it both played a huge role. It's true. So, thank you so much for agreeing to be on. Well, good luck with all the upcoming concerts. We got a busy couple of weeks ahead. Yeah. We do, <laughs> and um, 
I definitely will have links to the Grand Rapids Choir of Boys website on my website. And certainly when that uh, CD is available, right. we'll get links to and that as well. And hopefully the video of the concert. And hopefully that. the video yeah. of the concert will be on there too. Yeah. So thank you again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.